Well, hello, race fans. Welcome to a new edition of the USF Pro Insider. My name is Rob Howden, the uh, voice of this USF Pro Championships presented by Cooper Tires. This will be episode number 55 of the Pro Insider. Uh, today is uh, Friday, July the 21st. We're fresh off a weekend of racing north of the border up at the Honda Indy Toronto. Uh, USF 2000, USF Pro 2000 on track there. Both of those championships uh, looking like they're leaning towards the current point leaders, Simon Sykes and Miles Rowe. And this particular show, though, we're going to focus on a young driver who's in the USF Juniors program, which is, of course, the first step into the program coming out of racing schools, karting, F-1600, whatever it may be. Uh, again, the ladder system that is the USF Pro Championships. Uh, Hudson Schwartz joining me here from VRD Racing out of Arlington, Virginia, just 14 years of age. Not a lot of experience, but man, as he came uh, come on strong here midway through the season. Hudson, first off, thank you very, uh, very much for joining me. I know it's the start of a weekend, but I appreciate you taking some time. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Lots to talk about, Hudson, of course. Uh, well, before we dive kind of into where you came from, let's talk a little bit about how the how the season's gone for you right now. 14 years of age, as I had said. USF Juniors, folks, race fans, you can be it, you can be 13 to start the season, but you have to turn 14 at least by the last race, which is at the end of August. Uh, Hudson turning 14 uh, just a, about a month and a half ago, a couple months ago, I guess. Uh, Hudson, let's talk about the start of the season. Uh you didn't run the very first round. You made the debut at, at Barber Motorsports Park. Let's just talk first about how excited you were to finally go racing. T tell me about uh, what that first weekend was like. Yeah, I was really excited. It was going into uh, an IndyCar merged weekend. So my nerves were really high and I was very excited. And because I missed the first race in Sebring, I wasn't really battling for a championship. So it was all about going out there, doing the best I could, and seeing how I stacked up against these drivers. Exactly that. So let's now let's let's go back a little bit before we roll into that that weekend. What tell me, fill me in on karting itself. Where, where first off, racing. Where, where did you did, did you fall in love with racing? Uh, did, when did you start kart racing? I know you've done a bit of karting. I met, I actually got a chance to meet you earlier this year at the kart track. It was a fantastic introduction. Tell me about how you got into racing and why. Yeah. So my dad he used to race spec Miatas as a hobby, and he got me into a go-kart when I was four yes, and it was pretty much just rental karting up until I was about 10. And I got my first actual owner go-kart and I did some regional stuff. And then at about 12 years old, I did my first national race and that was actually at road America. So this next race um, at road America is going to be really special for me. This is kind of where my whole racing career started. Indeed. That's where we move uh, with USF juniors. The next weekend, uh, middle of August, we'll be at road America with the juniors weekend. Uh, Hudson, let's talk a little bit about that first go-kart. Obviously you, you, you did some rental karting, as you said, where did you guys start? What was the local track where you, where you first kind of got out there and, and went wheel to wheel? Yeah. So the local track was summit point raceway. Nice. So there was a little go-kart track there and I pretty much went there almost every week and it was just, putting down as many laps as I could. It was the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> That's it. No, nothing can beat track time, right? Yeah. So what was the event that you went to uh, back when you were a couple of years ago when you were 12 uh, up at Road America? Was that a USPKS race? What, what event was it? Yes. Yeah, it was. How'd you, how'd you fare going to a, a major national like the United States Pro Card Series? It was a big deal. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. And going into it, it was just so intimidating. There was I think 40 drivers in the field. This was in mini swift. Wow. And um, it was just a really, really cool experience. So, well, let's fast forward to, to earlier this year. We'll talk a little bit about that first. The first time I got a chance to meet you, pro I'm hoping it was the first chance. I, I think it probably was. I meet a lot of people, but you and I were under the tent. I think I was grabbing a coffee at Rawlison performance group. You were racing. You came over and, and introduced yourself. And I'm like, 
wow, this is a, this is a professional young man. I like this. Now you were hurt at that point. Didn't, you had hurt your ribs, I think, didn't you? Yeah. So it was at Homestead Speedway. Yeah. And um, I think the previous day we were in the rain and the fast way around there is to slam all the curbs. <laughs> and um, I popped a few ribs out of place and this was on a Friday. So I had the whole weekend to, uh, to race and I was in lots of pain. Did and you finish on the podium that weekend too? Did you not? I did. Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. K100 junior. I remember that. So here you are, yeah. you got potentially broken ribs, hurt ribs, whatever it was. And you ended up finishing on the podium. That's fantastic. You did some karting. I know you kind of moved the focus over to cars, but let's talk about that earlier. While you were, you know, in that early part of the year, for those who don't know, the Supercarts USA, uh, Supercarts USA Winter Series, maybe the Florida, uh, Florida Winter Tour for Rock Cup, kind of the you know the off season racing, right? January, February, March down in Florida when it's nicer. Uh, you know, obviously a lot colder up up north. Not only were you karting, but you were also doing the Lucas Oil School, one of their Formula Car Series. Tell me about that and, and how that was kind of your first foray into cars, correct? Yes. So I think I did my first kind of Lucas Oil school when I was 13. Okay. And it was the best experience I've ever had because there's coaches at every turn and they tell you what you do. And everyone you're racing against is all under the same tent. And you can see their video and you can see how you really stack up against the drivers. And I did my first race that year and I was against such amazing drivers. I was against Jack Jeffers, Thomas Nunziata, Weston Workman, Ayrton Hook. And my first race, I actually won it. Wow. And it was just an amazing, amazing time. Here's my question, because, because I, I find this very interesting for a lot of drivers. You know, when you come out of karting, as you know, I own eKartingNews.com. So I, I've been to going to kart races for 20 or 30 years. I don't know how many years. Double your age for sure, Hudson, how many years I've been going yeah. to kart races. The transition from carts to cars isn't always easy for some drivers. Obviously, for you, it seems like it was pretty good. How did how did you find that transition coming out of karting? Although you didn't have a, a huge karting, uh, you know, like ten or fifteen years of karting experience, how was that transition for you? Yeah, so the transition I could not have done it without Luke Soil because obviously those cars they don't have aero, so it's really about feeling the car and you get to know what the car does in what turn. And as soon as I got um, into a car with aero, I really understood what the car is like. And I understood how to feel the car. And I could not have made that jump without understanding what the car acts like without the aero. Because obviously, people can jump in a car with aero and then they lift in the middle of a high-speed turn. And they don't understand how the car will just step out on them. Let's let's talk as well about that. So, what, what were the what were the toughest things? I think one of the things that you know, obviously, carters struggle with when they come to cars, is the is the full size of the race car around them, right? Yeah. When you're racing a cart, literally the way you sit, you're kind of your 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 body's almost over the back of the of the rear axle, right? So there's not much behind you. In a formula car, you've got the engine, <laughs> the gearbox, the rear yeah. wheels, a wing potentially on the end of the car as well. Uh, make and for you to be able to win, that means the racecraft was strong. So how did that feel? Were you, have to, were you having to be cognizant about how big the car was? Yeah, it definitely took me a long time to understand the sheer size of the car. Yeah. And um, I really had to definitely do a lot of practice with racecraft. And there was actually lots of laps that I did visualizing people alongside me. And that, that was very helpful. Yeah, it's just it, it was definitely a big jump from a cart to a car.
Okay, so let's dive into this year now. Again, speaking right now, folks, with uh, Hudson Schwartz, the driver for VRD Racing and USF Juniors, 14 years of age in Arlington, Virginia. You started at Barber Motorsports Park, moved to VIR, and then, of course, mid-Ohio. So you missed the first round of the season at Sebring. We're going to see you at Road America. We're going to see you at Circuit of the Americas for the finale at the end of August. One thing I kind of want to look at, which is interesting, I'll preface this before I ask the question. You really have been on a forward move, right? If you just look at qualifying, you qualified 11th for both races at Barber. You qualified 9th at VIR. You qualified 8th at Mid-Ohio. So every qualifying session has been better. Your average finish at Barber was 11th. Your average finish at VIR was 8th, even with that 14th finish when you had an issue we'll talk about. And then, of course, Mid-Ohio, 5th and 2nd, with it, so for an average of 3.5. So you're moving your way forward. You're a young driver. You got a couple of podiums already. Let's talk about that Barber weekend first. You, we mentioned it early just to kind of get things going. How, how were, you, were, you, were you nervous? How did you feel under the tents? Uh, you know, it's, you have to get used to the culture, right? And it, and it was an IndyCar weekend as well. What were, your, what were your thoughts overall when you look back at Barber? Yeah, going into Barber, um, I did lots of laps on the sim. So I already loved that track. Cool. And first time I got out on track, I was humbled by how good these drivers were. <laughs> Okay. They were so, so good. And I appreciate that. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and it's it's definitely it's definitely a big step in the how competitive we all are. And I think even in uh, the last race in Mid-Ohio, the top four, we were all within eight, eight hundreds. It was crazy in qualifying. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was um it was crazy. So Barber, it was all about learning as much as I could and um I think one day was even in the rain. So it was all about taking as much information as I could. And it was really about learning. That's that's the only thing I can really say. I learned as much as I could. Do you have a coach that comes with you or do you, do you rely on the coaching at VRD? Yeah, I don't have a coach that comes with me, but the coaching at VRD is, is amazing. Uh, we awesome. have Jacob Loomis, we have Dakota, we have Dan. And it's it's amazing because we have such great drivers to compare it to. And I definitely learned a lot because uh, my teammate, Jimmy Lockhart, he got podium that weekend. He did. And I got to see what it was like battling up front. And I'd say without uh, Jacob and Dakota's help, I definitely would not be where I am today. And Dan Mitchell has also helped me massively, massively. So that's a great thing, right? So you come out, out of your out of your car school uh, efforts. You go into this event at Barber. So you, you, you've, You've jumped into the deep end, like you said. You had respect for your for your competition, realizing how strong it was. You set yourself good expectations. So then you go to VIR. So I've got that first weekend in. I'm sure you felt much different, maybe a, a significantly more comfortable going into the VIR weekend. And man, that track, as we know, very long, lots of place to pass. The draft kept everybody tight. Uh, you really had you were strong. You were you were kind of top half of the field for most of the weekend. As I said, qualified ninth, seventh in the opening round. And then a big third place finish, which I thought was amazing uh, in the second race. How how much did that help in terms of confidence and momentum for you? It definitely helped a lot because um, as I shifted through races, my idea of a good finish shifted. It was just very interesting to see. Yep. Uh, in Barber, top 10 would be amazing. In, um, in VIR, top five would be amazing. Now it's all about top three. So yep. it's it was just a very... Very good experience in VIR because definitely that Lucas Oil racecraft being wheel to wheel almost every lap definitely helped me with VIR because there was such big draft. And it was all about kind of not making any mistakes and being in the right place at the right time. 
And then let's talk about uh, let's talk about Mid Ohio. You qualify eighth there, and man, you know for that entire weekend. For those who don't know, we were on a, on a weekend with the uh, the NASCAR Truck Series and the Arkham Menard Series was there as well. So we were the kind of the only Formula Car guys that were there. We had a lot of testing, got got a good test day in, and then uh, you guys went racing for a couple of races there. Uh, you, you talked about expectations changing, right? And that happens once you get some success. You know, you know, you know, you know like I had, I did a, a, a podcast with Eva Goris Papasabas, who was focusing on top fives and top threes, like you said. And then of course he wins his first race at mid Ohio. And now, you know, now he wants to win every race. If he doesn't win or he's on a podium, he's not, he's not happy. Uh, fifth and second, when you left that weekend, were you super pumped and, and, and how'd that second come about? Because obviously being able to run that well, I think was huge for you just early in your career. Yeah, that second definitely means a lot to me. And uh, coming off that that pole in qualifying, I definitely knew my pace. And it was all about keeping your head down and leading the race. It was probably the craziest race I've ever done because yep. there was, what, three three safety cars, I think? There was, yeah. And um, each time I pulled away, there'd be a safety car. <laughs> so it was definitely a mental game between me and Quinn and trying to force each other into mistakes. That's it, right? Because you you were able to start on pole. You jumped away. It was your first pole start for the the pace that you had. You were able to pull away, uh, and again, again, I always I like you got you you got a chance to experience your first race start as a you know in, in our program on the front row first pole start, a couple of restarts, which is always crucial, which you handled well, and you said you were able to pull away each time, but just didn't happen. In the end, though, you found yourself into a great battle with Quinn Armstrong from D Force Racing. I think even though you didn't come away with the win, I would have to think that that really awesome battle you holding him off. And him just finally slipping through after a minor mistake was huge in terms of experience for you. You're going to be able to take that when we go to Road America. Yeah. I mean, that was really the first time leading a race other than than Lucas Oil and sometimes in karting. So it was just a very big learning curve for me. And being able to race with, with drivers with tons of experience is just, it's amazing. And going on the Road America, I definitely have a lot of confidence, but I will say from the start of the season into now, the confidence in myself yeah. didn't change, but the the confidence in, in results changed. It was just about how much will I learn. So I, here, here's my question for you. And that's, a, that's awesome because I, we talk a lot about the fact when a young driver like you wins their first race, it kind of helps things uh, under the tent as well. Right. Because you come in as this raw rookie and they're, they're the team's telling you what to do. Right. Then you go out and do it and perform yeah. and then win. Now they're going to start, I want to say they're probably going to start trusting you a little more in terms of your feedback on the car, right? Hey, you've shown you can do it. Did, did you feel that, that, that the, the confidence, maybe the, the dialogue you had with Jacob and Dan and, and Dakota, uh, you know, working on the car with your, your feedback, do you feel like that was becoming more and more, uh, more a strong point for you? Yeah, it, it definitely, we all have a very good connection, but based on my results, it really didn't change. They've supported me from the very start. And in terms of the feedback and, coaching and just the overall support it's all been very 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 strong so definitely having these great finishes they definitely bring confidence within the team but i'd say the team and i have such a great connection and i'm so glad to be working with them so you're going to road america you and the whole vrd squad your your, your fellow drivers are heading up to road america you mentioned kind of how you you laddered your your expectations right it was top tens it was top fives now it's top yeah. threes. Do you temper your expectations right now, or do you go in and say, I just want to win every race? Or is it more top threes? What, do you, what are your expectations? What are your focuses? What are you, what's your target for Road America? I think I'm really aiming for consistency. I don't think battling for the lead and taking unnecessary risk and crashing not only me, but another person out, I don't think that's very fair, and I don't think that's the right thing to do. 
I think that when the wind comes, it will come. And I think consistency is overall what makes a driver great. And obviously you can't win a race by winning a few races. Uh, sorry, you can't win a championship by winning a few races, but not being consistent with the rest. So it's all about consistency for me. And if I win, that'll be great. But I'm not, I'm not disappointed by any top five or top three finishes. I, I think that's key. I think you're exactly right. You're there to learn. This is a learning program anyways, right? The bottom line is, is, is getting as many laps as you can and learning as much as you can about the racecraft. Where, where are we going to see you next year? You, you've been having some success. Let, let's say you finish 10th in every race. You'd be probably back in USF juniors, right? But is that the goal to maybe come back to juniors again next year? Or are you potentially eyeing a move up into USF 2000? We really don't know my path yet. Obviously it depends on the Lucas Oil racing school, depending on if I win the scholarship or not and how well I do in these last two races of USF juniors, but whatever we think the right path is going to be and whatever the team thinks the right path is going to be, that's ultimately the way we'll go. I love it. So listen, you stand back and you look at Hudson Schwartz. How do you, how do you characterize yourself as a driver? What are your strong points you think? I think my strong points is patience, aggressive when I need to be. And I definitely a very fair driver to race. I give drivers room. I don't push them off for unnecessary reasons. And I am definitely more of a patient driver waiting for my opportunity. I'm not going to dive bomb on the last lap, as I said. And I think I definitely can be very aggressive when I need to be. Um, definitely. I've pulled some great moves over in uh, my career so far. And I think we'll be seeing a lot more of that for me. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of the stereotypical driver that we really want, right? You want that patience. One of the things, obviously, a lot of a lot of organizations deal with, we've had it in a couple of our races, are drivers who uh, are, are, you know, taking some low percentage, high risk moves, stuff that just isn't going to work. They, they lack patience, like you said, and to be able to have that patience is what brings you home. And you, we always you know, point to a driver like Scott Dixon, right, who wins championships because he's got such great consistent results. So I love it. That, it's a great focus for you on, on that. Uh, here's my thing. I got another question for you. Go back to January and the first time you got into a car to now, how much, how much different, can you see how much different you are? Yes, I can definitely see how much different I am before. I definitely had a problem with finding the limit within the car. Okay. And now I'm pushing the car to the limit every single lap. And my consistency has definitely gotten so much better. I'm doing lap after lap within a 10th of each other. And be before I was putting in, good laps, but they weren't consistent. And I think consistency overall within a race, I've definitely got a lot better at that. But also I think the main thing is the mindset. Uh, in January, my mindset, um, it was more of, I couldn't really focus completely in the race, but I've definitely worked a lot on the mental side and I've had a lot more confidence within myself. There's so many different facets of the sport, isn't there? Exactly. One of those, one of them being the mental side, fitness side, obviously yeah. is huge. Are you dabbling all on the business side a little bit? I know you've got a couple of sponsors that are, are kind of listed alongside you on the entry, on the entry list. You, are you working with your sponsors? You're working with marketing, social media, everything you have to do to, to, to be there as a professional driver. Currently, I don't have any sponsors. My dad's company is on my car. All right. <laughs> in the future, we'll see uh, pancreatic cancer action network on the car because unfortunately my grandma just passed away uh, from pancreatic cancer. So we're definitely going to be supporting them and trying to raise as much money as we can for them. 
I appreciate and, I appreciate that, Hudson. I actually lost my grandfather to pancreatic cancer as well. So I'm, that's so good. I'm so I appreci- sorry. I appreciate it. I'm so sorry. Uh, my condolences to you as well. That's that's. But listen, that's a great thing to have that kind of, you know, you have your effort, you have your focus on racing, but to be able to do some good with it as well, I think is a great thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's have some a little bit of fun here now. So uh, what's what's Hudson Schwartz like away from the racetrack? We see you at the track. You do your thing. You're focused on what you do. What else do you do? Like, do, are you, do you play sports at all? I know you go, you're, I know you're still in school, but you play sports. What do you, what do you do when you're at home? Yeah. So I really like artwork. I like making spray paint art and I wow. love doing, I love drawing. And another thing that most people don't know about me is I'm actually a very good magician and I love doing magic tricks. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, and I, we got, listen, we got to see some of the racetrack there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love learning skills like very quickly and being able to do things. Uh, I just learned how to solve the Rubik's cube in under 30 seconds. I saw that on your bio. And, My God. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, currently I'm learning how to juggle. So, so yeah. You are multifaceted. I like it. Yes. It's good for your hand-eye coordination and that juggling is a great idea. A lot of yeah. racers have done that before. Uh, let's, let's, let's ask about what's your favorite food. Like when you, if we were on the racetrack, let's say you're, you're on a race weekend. Number one, uh, you guys are rolling down the road. Let's say you got it. You know, you're going the whole cruise in the car or something. You're going to stop somewhere on the road, fast food kind of a thing. What's your go-to? Uh, do, do, yeah. you eat, do you eat clean? Yes, I usually do. Uh, most drivers will go for Chipotle. But... You know what? You guys <laughs> all say that. That's so cool. I know. Yeah. But I, uh, I'm actually a vegetarian and I've been one since I was six. You are? So, yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So there's not really much for me to eat in the, in the middle of nowhere at all these racetracks. So Burger King has a very good veggie burger. Okay. But it's usually Olive Garden. I really like Olive Garden. Um, but really anything that's vegetarian. Good to know. We won't we won't ask about your favorite hamburger then, Hudson. We'll talk about what your favorite salad is. Let's let's go with that then, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Uh, all right. So listen, end of the season. We got Road America. We got uh, we got Circuit of the Americas. Uh, either one of those ones you're really looking forward to. I think we talked about Road America already. That'd be kind of cool that that's where you made your kind of national debut in karting. You do the same thing in a car. Uh, do you look at the, the finale uh, down in Austin with the kind of the same excitement as you do Road America? Yes. Yeah, so Road America is obviously going to be very special to me, but I've watched Formula One since I was a kid. And okay. being able to race on the same track as all the greats uh, is just such a big deal and it's such a big honor for me. And I'm so excited to race at that track. But not only that, the track is super fun, has long straightaways, long turns. It's a very long track as well. And I'm just very excited to be racing there. That's awesome. It'd be a good way to finish off the season. Let's uh, So let's wrap up then. You talk about Formula One. There's a ton of racing going on this weekend. I'm going to watch obviously watch IndyCar at Iowa. Excited to watch uh, Formula One this weekend as well. When it comes to Formula One, who's your driver? I'd say... My driver is probably Max Verstappen. Okay. Not just because he's winning, but he's able to be very consistent and he's able to keep such a such a great focus during the race and be able to lead and pull away for so many laps. And uh, not only that, but he's a very uh, he's an aggressive driver. Uh, maybe not in the past, but now he's <laughs> now he's a lot more uh, respectful and um, he's definitely my favorite driver on an IndyCar side. I have to say it's probably anyone at McLaren. Okay. And um, yeah. So I love it. Well, listen, you kind of, you were describing Max and the way 
that you you like to describe yourself, which is good. So I, I like the fact that other than other than the, the crazy aggression that he's had in years past, yes, before, yes. Right? exactly that. Yes. Well, listen, let's wrap things up here right now. It's been great to talk to you, Hudson, here on a Friday afternoon. Uh, how do people follow you on social media? That's obviously the great way to connect with people. And, and Hudson, I always tell all race fans, hey, if you're a, an IndyCar fan, this is when you need to start connecting with these drivers when they're coming up through the USF Pro Championships and following them on social media. Obviously, the best way to be able to kind of get connected early. How do they follow you? What platforms do you use and which one do you focus on? Yeah, so currently I use Instagram. You can follow me at Hudson Schwartz Racing. And uh, I don't really have a any other platforms yet, but I'm looking into them. That's good. That's good. At least you're on Instagram. That's probably the primary yes. one right now anyways, right? So yeah, Hudson Schwartz Racing on Instagram, folks. Again, this young driver from Arlington, Virginia. Been uh, really a revelation in the series here. And as I talked about before, just how better he's been getting every weekend. If we see it, we can see a bunch of top fives this coming weekend at Road America. Hudson will cap off with the sim. How much have you been on the sim getting ready to go for Road America? You got a lot of laps there? Yes, I've definitely been doing lots of laps on the sim. I love Road America, and I cannot be more excited going into this weekend. One of my favorite tracks as well. There he is, folks. Uh, Hudson Schwartz from VRD Racing. A couple of podiums on the season already. A third at VIR and a very impressive second-place finish after leading a bunch of laps uh, at Mid-Ohio as well. And looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do when he gets to Road America. That caps off this edition of the USF Pro Insider. Make sure to uh, follow Hudson on Instagram so you can follow all of his racing throughout the season and what he's doing in the offseason to prepare for 2024 as well. Could be USF Juniors, could be USF 2000. We're not quite sure yet. Looking forward to finding out where he's going to end up for the coming season. Thank you so much again, folks, for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Lots more podcasts coming up. I've got Jordan Missing lined up for a Monday podcast as well. We've got a bit of downtime before we head to Road America for USF Juniors and, of course, Dakota for the USF Pro Drivers to get back onto the racetrack. So lots of podcasts coming to fill, uh, fill everybody in, get more drivers some time in the spotlight. We do thank you again for tuning in. Big thank you to Hudson Schwartz for taking some time out of his day. And thank you so much for tuning in once again. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.